Welcome to another episode of Called to Marriage. I'm Marcia. And I'm Thomas. And uh, we're happy to be back with you guys for another one. Today's topic is humble beginnings. Yes. Um, you know, it didn't cross my mind whether we should go as early back as even before we were married. <laughs> There's a thought. But maybe we could save that for another episode. We're talking about humble beginnings within our relationship and marriage. Hmm. You mean back to when we were in a relationship before marriage? Yeah, we can include that. But I was talking about, it just crossed my mind, even from childhood up, mm. like humble beginnings, like oh, that would be way a back. <laughs> I know, right? That's what I'm saying. It could be another episode. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a scripture for you guys. We are called to marriage. Okay. And I'm doing the scripture today. And the scripture is from Genesis chapter 39. From verse 1 through to verse 5. This is about Joseph. I'm going to start reading. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Amen. Amen. Would you like to make any comments about what you've just read? Yes. I mean, we're talking about humble beginnings. And I feel like Joseph's, the story of Joseph is a clear example of what it means to begin from a very low point in life and make it all the way up by the hand of the Lord. And everything about his life represents hope, represents possibility, represents potential, represents the truthfulness of God and the faithfulness of God that whatever he said, he would do it, even if you start from a very low point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It crossed my mind. This is like related but unrelated. You know, the scriptures that say that the last will be first. And I think that that happens sometimes on earth and sometimes not to where, like, if you take Jesus, for example, he became the first. He was always the first anyway, but he was exalted after his death, you know. Uh, but Joseph, within his life, became exalted above his brothers, though he was last among them, having been sold as a slave. Hmm. So... One way or the other, I don't know the full meaning of that scripture and when and how that applies to all those who are, you know, at the bottom of the totem pole in life. Yeah. But it's not wrong to um, embrace starting in a low place. Not at all. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is that Joseph is a type of Christ because he, he also started from a high point. He was his father's favorite. True. He had the coat of many colors. He was favored. All those 
treasures and honor and everything got rid of. And then he came down and then went up again by the hand of the Lord. Mm. He is a representation of the visible Christ. Mm. He is a typology of what Christ is. Mm -hmm. So Pharaoh gave him a name, Zaphanat Paniah, <laughs> which means savior of the world. So there are a lot of things about his life that symbolizes the actual Christ. He, he was a foreshadow of Christ Jesus himself. He married from outside his tribe or his nation. He married Pharaoh's daughter, which is like Christ uniting with the Gentile world. There are a lot of things about his life. Everything really about what he went through shows um, or depicts a lot about Christ. Amen. Amen. And so the topic is humble beginnings. Yep. Yep. What have you got to say, my love? Huh. Well, I, I have said it. I don't remember which episode it was, but I have said it, I think, on one of, our, one of the episodes of our podcast that one of the things that I admired or that I prayed for was to have a humble start into my marriage. Who knew? That actually led me into desiring to marry at an early age because... I I know people marry at different times and at different seasons, but for me personally, I I had always wanted to marry at an early age. One, because one of the things that scares me is the pride of men. And when I say men, I don't mean like the male man, but the pride of human beings. And I always find ways to Sub subject myself to the humility of God. And I think one of the best ways, I, as I thought to myself, was to get married early. Where, where At a time where I don't boast of a lot of things so that I can grow with my wife, and then that would be a cap on how, how, how proudful or how, yeah, how proud, proud I can become. So I, I would say I, I wanted that. I actually cherish it. Starting from a low point where there are a few eyes on you, there are not a lot of strong expectations, but you know what you're going through with God. It gives you time to grow. It gives you time. It's like a seed in the in the soil, you know. You go when you go down like that, people walk. Nobody really knows there's a seed on the ground. So you have the time, the patience, the luxury of endurance and perseverance, and a lot of virtues to actually rise up. And when you do come up, it makes you humble for the rest of your life. I think one of the blessings God gives to his vessels is that he, he starts them from a low point. And you can see it in all the patriarchs. He picks you up from a very low point and he takes you through so that when you're there, all eyes will look at God and not you. And then it also shields you from a lot of harm. Because when you can boast about a lot in life, then that means you're going to deal with a lot in life. And it's not easy. Mm. So I convince my friends. I tell them the risk of not trusting God at this age in my youth and trying to, you know, gather things together. And especially as it relates to marriage, I have so much respect for marriage. I can't even describe it, that I wanted to give my best and my best, as I, I know of, is not when 
you know, I'm flourishing with maybe money or whatever. That would come maybe. Um, I believe God would take us places. But my best is in my youth now where I'm all for God. Um, in my prime, I respect God to, to the fullest. He's above and beyond everything else. And this is the time I want to meet the lady that I would spend the rest of my life with because I don't want it to pass and not take advantage of this, you know, Holy Spirit-filled moments of my life. I'm not mm -hmm. scared that God is going to leave me, but I'm just taking advantage of the season of my youth where I can give my best. I can do what God says I should do without question because I consider myself his son, but at the same time his servant. I want to serve in my marriage. I don't want life to erode all these things before I strive with difficulty to rise to the standard that God has set for me. That would be more difficult for me. So I said, God, please give me a woman that I can live with for the rest of my life in this wretched state of mind. And when you have lifted me up, I'll be up there with her and I would have no pride in me. Then I can just humble myself in your corner under your shadow and tell everyone that it wasn't me. It was God. Amen. Amen. And when you get old and rich, don't leave me for some young girl. And when we get old and rich, I won't divorce you and take half of all your assets. <laughs> That's a funny thing to say, but it's so true. <laughs> no, I won't, my love. I won't. I'm just joking. I know you are. <laughs> it's so funny. I won't leave you. I won't leave you. I have a pact with God, you know. Hmm. And I always tell you that I respect you and I'm faithful in in our marriage, not because I fear you, not not because of anything, but because I respect God and because I want to be faithful to God. Our marriage is just benefiting from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I love you. I love you too. Aww. <laughs> Okay, so, well, in my mind, when I think about our personal humble beginning, I think that we started out, and honestly, our situation is not really much different <laughs> than we started. Been, we've been on a plateau for <laughs> a long time, we've been, you know, we've been at the same level. <laughs> hoping for the best and knowing that the best is on the way. Yeah. Yeah, you can go on. <laughs> so, you know, we don't have a lot and I'm a teacher and Thomas is a student and that's how our relation started, uh, relationship started and that is how it still is. Yeah. And it's beautiful and we live in a small space, which we've talked about in fair detail in the Living Together episode. episode. And it is definitely humble. <laughs> mm -hmm. But in a good way, I have to say, I've never felt... I would lie. I guess I'd be lying if I said I, I've never complained about <laughs> this space. space. I'd be a lie. <laughs> 
But even though I complain about small things, I've never complained about like us having to live here together in this small space kind of thing. Like I just kind of complained that like, I don't know where to put this thing. Like I'm running out of places to put stuff or whatever. It is challenging. Yeah. But yeah, I, I appreciate more so than the little complaints that I make here and there. Mm. I appreciate um, living, living humbly, having to work our budget, you know, and having to really put ourselves in order. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I also appreciate having something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Started mm-hmm. at the bottom, you know what I'm saying? Potential. The only place to look is up. So <laughs> yeah. that's true. Yeah. So I see potential for us. If you're down, you can't go down. You just can you can only go up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though we might go down a little bit <laughs> because we're on gonna our way up. <laughs> yeah, on our way up for real. Because we're gonna repatriate. Well, in my case it's repatriation, but for Thomas, he'll be moving to the States for the first time. And we have no clue how that's going to be for us, but we don't have, you know, like a ton of money saved for a down payment on a house no, or, not or to yeah, move into our own place. So we're praying to God. Um, hopefully, you know, him or I or both of us will get good work and then can move to our own place as soon as possible. But we anticipate the possibility of living um, in my parents' home because they offered <laughs> and mm-hmm. they would love to have us there. And, you know, and it's a soft landing for us getting back to the States so that we can figure ourselves out a little bit and not feel pressure to. Yeah, God bless our parents. Yeah. Yeah. And really our family. Yep. So that is a little bit of a down because as it is now, we live together independently and do everything independently without. Yeah, involved. like we take care of ourselves. Yeah, a new stage for us that we would have to learn through, and I'm hoping that would be a good mod- motivation for us to work hard for and sure, move on, and not just get settled for sure. Yeah, so it's good. It's going to be challenging, but it's 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 a good thing that we we can we have a place like that, and I I like the fact that we look at you know, the brighter side. Truly. And it being in a humbled place has made me more humble in my like personality and thoughts. Because like, for example, you know, Thomas and I were talking the other day about like loneliness and, and moms to newborns or having your first child and feeling like you're kind of gatekeeping or controlling or mm-hmm. isolated or alone. Yeah. And postpartum depression. I don't know. We are a range of things. But anyway, um, I think I definitely, if I were living a different kind of life, I could see myself being inclined to um, be like a little bit overprotective maybe or trying to do things more on my own or something like that. But as it is now, I actually genuinely welcome the help of my mom and my parents being around to support Cause like when we get home, another thing we're looking to do as soon as possible by God's grace is to have our first child. And that's another thing which excites our parents. And, um, I know that my mom would just love to be a help to me. And I think about like my cousins being, you know, coming to visit and playing with our child and 
you know, I, that makes me happy. Like I'm looking forward to that and I don't feel like, um, like, Oh, I need my own space to like figure things out myself or something. Mm. Now I feel like I already in my heart welcome everybody's like presence. So that's a good thing about. So you mean it's a source of joy for you? Not, you don't only think about it, you don't dread it. No. Yeah. In the sense of like, you know, being married and then living with other people, it's, it doesn't feel ideal. But when I think about having a child, it does feel ideal, actually, <laughs> or it does yeah. feel, um, yeah, it's, it does feel joyful, like you said. Yeah, that I'll be surrounded by people, you know, because if we live like, let's say, and it would be a blessing, though, if the Lord, you know, um, gave us great job opportunities in some faraway place. You know, that would be great and we could live on our own and everything. But if we have our first child far away from our families, then, you know, that's just going to have to be how it is. Yeah. But to look at a positive side, if we're home, then we don't have to be far away from our family. And your family's so close by and we can <clears throat> go there and also be showered with support. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think are some of the benefits we've enjoyed? from starting from a very humble place, far away from our families, being in China, living in a small place, getting married as, <laughs> um, getting married, living on one income mm. and all of that. What, what, what's been the, some of the benefits? I remember you talking about being able to work the budget and doing other things. I'd like to hear more about that. <laughs> well, yeah, so we have to work together closely and i think that couples should do that anyway but i also think that sometimes if a couple if the individuals of the couple already have their own things going on and stuff it can be harder to merge their lives but i think when you don't even have much anyway it's easy to <laughs> fairly easy to merge <laughs> you have nothing not to merge <laughs> yeah really yeah it's, it's, it was easier for us to merge our lives and um yeah so we work as a team as it relates to our budget it forces us to communicate and talk and um what other aspects of our lives i was thinking of what you said earlier just about were we saying again? <laughs> before we before we even started talking about the personal stuff, the very first thing that you said, I have a tendency to lose my train of thought or to. Is it about a Joseph story? No, right after that, but before I spoke about our relationship. Um, was it about I'm praying to God, like talking about my desire to start from? Oh yeah, yeah. So when you start humbly and i'm also thankful to god that i don't i didn't really know what i want i knew i wanted to get married young but i don't think i had the knowledge or or understanding or perception or any insight or whatever the word is that there could be benefits to marrying young apart from just you being satisfied you know like like something to check off the list that you really wanted to accomplish yeah (laughs) But there is a benefit in terms of growing together. It is, um, I would say, like I was saying earlier to time, my earlier idea to this, that when you don't have much and when you're young and still figuring things out, you get to figure things out together with your spouse. 
You don't mm-hmm. figure it out all on your own and then feel protective over it that, you know, you love the person that you want to marry. Let's say if I was 40 or something or 50, like I love the person I want to marry, but I'm also feeling kind of like protective over my career because I've worked so hard for it yeah. or protective over my finances because I've worked so hard for them or whatever. Like I kind of feel like it was easier to let things go and merge our lives and stuff because I'm not really like you're still packing up things in your hands. It's not like you have your hands full and full and tight. So you can't let go to let something new fall in. That's kind of the picture I see. Okay. So yeah. yeah. It's like you're open to collect things together. And to let go of things too. Like like my job, like before I met Thomas, I was trying to figure out like what my career path would be and trying to get into a job that I like and stuff like that. And I met him along that journey. And that was an important journey to me. But now it's not as important. I'm not saying it's not important, but it's not as important. And I'm willing to like let that go if necessary. I don't know what our lives are going to look like at all. I may find myself working, but I'm thinking about like having a young child or potentially young children. Who knows if we won't have children back to back or whatever. And I think about like spending time with them and not and I don't want to feel um, the pressure to like have to sacrifice like a lot of working women feel these days. Like I have to sacrifice one thing for the other. It's like a big decision and stuff like that. But I feel like if I need to work, I'll work. But if I don't need to work, I can let go of work and focus on my children. I don't mind mm-hmm. something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and as I'm saying that, you know, disclaimer, obviously nothing, nothing, against anyone in either position. I know some really admirable stay-at-home moms here who I aspire to be like. Uh, And then on the other hand, like my mom was an amazing mom who was a hardworking mom. And obviously we know a lot of those too. And my mom had six kids, which is crazy. I don't even know how she managed. (laughs) But I can say this, and this is another thing of like humility. I don't know if it has to do with humble beginnings per se, but humility and in the same line hospitality my mom is the kind of person who always liked to help people and that worked in her favor because those people helped her too by growing up with us and raising us alongside of her and stuff like that so I always grew up with extra people in the house and stuff and that was um, a blessing I think for my mom and for and for me and for everyone shout out to Bernadette shout out to Suze did you see that ever live with us? Anyway, shout out to everybody who lived with us. Zella, my <laughs> godmother. <laughs> and all the people who ever lived with us. <laughs> yeah. When I was in Ghana, as a young boy, I was in charge of, in my grandfather's house, I was in charge of raising animals, livestock, chicken. Uh, my grandfather had a huge plot of land and he built houses there for rent. And then we also had section for farming and I did a lot of farm work. I did a lot of work taking care of the animals. So let's say I was like a shepherd boy and Mm -hmm. that was (laughs) what I did in my primary to middle school years. So one of the things I learned about chickens was that you could take a duck's egg and give it to the chicken to brood over it and the chicken would do it 
<laughs> they are not partial. Mm. Chick, they're so good. Like you could take a duck's egg and give it to the chicken and it's going to brood over it. It's going to crack it open and then it will take all the chickens together and then walk with them. And it was so nice to me. I enjoyed doing that to see the duck following the chicken. The baby duck. Yeah, the baby <laughs> duck following the mother chicken, the hen. And when when that happens, the hen considers the duck a part of her family mm-hmm. because you know she sat over the egg and did all the brooding and went through all of that so she doesn't prob- this is my, me guessing she doesn't probably she doesn't see any difference because mm-hmm. it was she her discriminate. Egg. she doesn't discriminate mm-hmm. but when you take a baby duck and put it close to a mother hen or a mother chicken that's a hen it's going to fight it it's going to you know try to push it away Sometimes he wouldn't take it. To, You're talking about a, an adult duck with a baby chicken. A, a young duck. When mm. you take a young duck that was um, conceived or bred by a duck. mother duck, uh, mm-hmm. and then you put it in the midst of some chicken mm-hmm. owned by another hen, it's going to fight it because it didn't begin with it. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't know it. It's going to fight it. It will know, but. When you give the egg to the chicken, it's going to include the duck that comes out of the egg mm-hmm. in its family line. And you see them walk together. Mm-hmm. And it's so nice. And It's like adoption. <laughs> it's like adoption. <laughs> and that taught me a lot about pairing and beginning something with someone. Mm. When you begin with, when the hen begins with the egg, they grow together, the duck grows with the other chicken. But when the duck, it doesn't matter if it's a day old, doesn't begin. When when the hatching doesn't begin with the hen, the hen is going to reject it. And I think there's some wisdom to be learned from that. Mm-hmm. And I consider marriage to be like that too. That being able to partner with someone from a very young beginning, from a very you know young stage, and then learning together, sharing your naivety together, sharing your ignorance together, knowing that we, we are not experts at this. And we are praying and hoping that we both become masters of what we are doing. That helps. We are able to relate with each other and recognize that, yeah, we started together. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, one is up there a little bit and then you bring in another one, it's like, why are you invading my space? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sometimes we can, you know, work together, but... There's a boundary. Mm-hmm. You, you're not allowed to cross this. This food is for my chickens. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to eat it. And when the hen gets the egg and then broods and then hatches, whatever, goes through all that process, then everything is for the duck too. And I think that's how marriage works mm-hmm. when you work together. And really, it doesn't matter what level you are. It's, it's, a, it's a mental process. If you can let go and mark a certain point in your life as a fresh beginning for you mm-hmm. and begin with anybody in life, you can achieve this too. Yeah, that's the thing. It doesn't, it's not, it's not really about age, but I think age or your place in life. Cause honestly, we weren't that young, but we were in a, still in kind of that place in life where all of yeah. our things were not settled and fixed and stuff. Um, it does make it easier, but it's, it is totally mental. And so even at an older age, you, you're you doing the same thing, but it just may 
humanly, you know, in your flesh, you might find it naturally a little bit harder because, yeah, because you find yourself, you know, attached to certain aspects of your life, but it's still the same thing. You just have to let go and compromise and work together with your spouse to, you know, build something as one because you two became one. Yep. So humble beginnings, we can look forward to, you know, uh, I don't know, like our dreams or mm-hmm. a time in life that will be, you know, a little bit more prosperous than now. Prosperous, not just financially, even like having kids by God's grace or maybe growth oh, in general. Yeah, growth in general, you know. Um, and at the same time, we'll be able to look back and see how we started and be grateful mm-hmm. and you know, and be happy about that too. Yeah. All the way from China. Yeah. <laughs> that excites me. I I look forward to looking back. <laughs> yeah. That's and, a nice way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to looking back <laughs> <laughs> and seeing not only in our lives, but, you know, China and Asia, having been a part of um, the history that has been building here for the past few years we've been around here. And looking back to whatever is going to change and the new things that are going to come and recounting moments, it's going to be a wonderful time. I, I look forward to that. Mm-hmm. So that's it. We just wanted to appreciate our humble beginnings and not despise them. One day we'll be in a different place in the future looking back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're already, you know, Soaking it all in because we know that this time of our lives won't be forever. Well, so if our future selves are listening to us now, just don't forget that you started with humility with God Mm -hmm. and don't leave it. Mm. In the name of Jesus, that's a prayer. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Okay, so on that note, we're going to draw the curtain here. It's been nice having you. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you in the next episode. We love you.